You're listening to the Burning Presales Podcast. I have the pleasure of speaking with Adam Freeman today. Adam is the head of presales and enablement at the Access Group, the co-founder and host of the podcast Two Presales in a Pod, and is otherwise a thought leader and digital sales innovator. Adam, a moment ago, you answered the question about creating a balanced suite of pre-sales KPIs. And I want to answer, I want you to answer a question that's, I think, somewhat connected to that, um, but maybe, maybe you approach it from a different angle. <laughs> How do you measure the impact and influence of pre-sales generally? Such a, it's such a wide and incredibly important question, right? Because every pre-sales leader in the world at some point has to justify their headcount, their team, their future plans. So impact is such a wide area. And a good pre-sales team has an impact like no other unit in the business could do. I always say a great pre-sales person, you could lift them up and probably, probably put them into marketing, product, consultancy, customer success. You could pretty much put a great pre-sales person anywhere because you've got this amazing mix of, industry product sales expertise that is so hard to find and is so precious so impact is it's almost in the eye of the beholder right it's i spoke previously about what's the customer experience what's their impact sometimes impact is not just what we see internally in our organization here access or consent or wherever else it's what's the external influence of a pre-sales team has an internal impact because we're the advocate you know, we're the trusted advisor. We're the person the buyer typically wants to have a conversation with. If they, I've heard numerous people say, if I could have one conversation with someone at a software company, it would normally be a pre-sales person because mm-hmm. they trust us. You can all, almost have conversations no one else can. And I think when we assess impact, we've got to think about that customer experience. I spoke about it previously, but the customer experience is a way of showing your impact in a way that nobody else in the business can and it can elevate that especially when you embrace buyer enablement and all these concepts that you, know, you guys are fans of um, i'm a huge fan of myself but when you look at in, impact internally you have to move the needle right um i say that to my team all the time i say it to every one of my contacts people people who listen to this that have spoken to me individually i always talk about where are we moving the needle when we start a project so when we took consensus on right i'm like where are we going to move the needle and by how much you know that's they're the two questions i would always ask right now, you said, you know, how do we assess impact of a pre-sales team? I would say it's typically in areas like revenue influence, okay? I've said sales own the revenue number. I think that's, that's right, but we should have an awareness of that. So I look at things like, okay, I don't know, if you've sold a million pounds worth of software in a month, okay, what percentage of that came with a pre-sales influence on it? So I'm looking at what percentage of deals are going through where someone in the team has been involved in that because – as revenue projections rise, I can kind of understand what the impact needs to be. Because if I've got a 60% win ratio, great, but is it only on 20% of the deals that go through? You know, So mm. am I influencing as much as I could? So you talk about influence, what percentage of deals are going through? And that's where you start to get into the world of, I mean, my role is part enablement, okay? I'm looking at pre-sales influence, but then also indirect influence. So my team create content through consensus. Now, direct influence, my pre-sales person suddenly isn't on a deal that they historically would have been. So my impact is wider than just the deals I'm linked to in the CRM system. It's now right. a customer's seen a video. One of my guys or girls has created the content. The customer's had a great buying experience and purchased. They've had pre-sales influence, but not direct pre-sales influence. It's indirect. So I look at direct versus indirect revenue association to give me a how much have we influenced that 
that's almost like a you know a top up to that and that's really important as you move towards these digital selling techniques to understand total impact um and being i suppose being comfortable to say i'm going to step away from that deal you know i'm going to spend twice as long on this larger deal over here and that smaller deal over here that's still complex i'm going to divert that to video but i'm still know that i've got recognition that i would have been influencing that so you're almost on two deals at the same time. You've almost increased right. your influence. So let me restate this, uh, but in the context of a question, a common question that comes up from, from a lot of customers. Mm. Um, it seems pretty, pretty common for a pre-sales team to have to occasionally pitch the value and vision of pre-sales to their sales leadership. It's almost like this internal selling sales game that has to go on on a pretty regular basis. So if I put my customer hat on and I'm one of these pre-sales leaders who's, you know, every quarter or every year, I have to go repitch the value of what I do to my sales leadership. It sounds like um, at least two areas should be in areas of emphasis, customer satisfaction, where pre-sales has been involved, and then indirect and direct impact on, on deals. Did I capture that right? Should, should, should those be my two areas of focus if I'm, uh, if I'm trying to reinforce yeah. the value? Yeah, I think you look at your win ratios. I mean, you look at things like some people agree and disagree with me. I look at where my team spend their time, okay? Yeah. Um, not from a, a watchdog kind of view. I'm looking at capacity. I'm looking at burnout. I'm looking at how much influence we have in even down to almost like an hourly or time basis. You know, are we efficient with our time? Are we productive with our time? Or are we doing what we think we should be doing? And the reason why that's important to answer your question is, a lot of senior leaders, uh, the way people are buying has changed so rapidly. Okay, it was always changing. We were always moving towards this YouTube, on demand, I want it now. You know, it used to be, you, you think about when photos used to get published, right? It used to be, I'm happy to wait two days to get my photos back in the post or a week. Then it was two days. Then it was, hey, I can go down to the store and I can get them printed out. Now it's down to, well, they're just on my phone and available instantly. We're living in an on demand world. People's expectations of time to demo have reduced drastically in all areas, yeah. okay? And so I think a lot of C-suites are struggling to understand, well, if buyer behaviors are changing so much, especially when they're not the coal face, let's remember, what's the value in pre-sales anymore? Because you guys go and do the demo and people seem to be saying, well, people don't want as many demos anymore. They want to you know, see you know, yeah. stuff on the website and, and they're educated. And it's like, well, okay, I get that. But a great pre-sales team is like oil in the engine. It's always there. It's always getting better. There's always the next generation of oil getting produced, <laughs> but you notice when it's not there. That's when the problems start, right? Oh, and that's yeah, a great yeah. pre-sales team. It just reduces all points of friction. It is yeah, the oil yeah. in the sales engine. And I always justify it that way and say, you know, you build a bigger engine, you need more oil, okay? Yeah. I'm not saying we put more in in proportion to how many sales heads you're adding. Um, I mean, my sales to pre-sales ratio has increased. I have more salespeople to support per pre-sales person than ever before, but I'm comfortable doing that because I'm deflecting to technology. I'm, co I'm comfortable that the customer's getting the right service, but I'm also comfortable my team's impact is greater than it's ever been despite that. But I'm very careful to watch those metrics to understand that that impact doesn't suffer.